0: Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Produce Common Sense podcast. I'm uh, Shea Myers. I'm a third generation farmer and uh, someone who has a great passion for the agriculture industry, especially produce. I've been involved in all kinds of different aspects of produce since I was old enough to uh, drive a tractor, that which started about eight years old, believe it or not. And uh, over this, the course of my career, over the course of my life, I realized how many people lack an understanding of agriculture. And that's why I have the Produce Common Sense podcast to try and help everyone understand like the basics and the common sense that's applied in agriculture and what we do on our farms and why we do it. There's a reason behind everything. And sometimes you don't like what we do or you don't like what you hear. And sometimes it's valid and sometimes it's not. But if we get down to, you know, the common sense practices and what we do and why we do it, I think you'll have a greater understanding of the agriculture industry and what farmers do and uh, I hope that you'll like and subscribe to this podcast, that you'll follow along and that you can keep learning with me. That's always my goal is to have you here with me and learn as I learn and have conversations as I have conversations about all different aspects from supply chain to robotics like we're going to be talking about today. So uh, I like to welcome our uh, Paul Mike Paul and I uh, go back four or five years now and uh, I'll let I'll let Paul introduce himself.
1: Yeah, hi. Great. Um, so I'm founder and CEO of Carbon Robotics. And um, I think what a lot of people probably don't know is um, our laser weeder, you know, really started at Shea's farm, at matter why he produced up there in Idaho. And um, so, yeah, so we've been working together for quite a while now on this project. Um, we are our, our company was at the World Egg
0: Expo just this past week. I think a lot of people saw us there, and uh, More Shay, people went you, to that yeah. booth and any other booth in the whole show. I'm willing to bet, by the way,
1: that is pro- that's <laughs> probably true. You know, we, they did say that we were the number one um, searched for uh, company and and device um, in their catalog, so that was nice. Um, but it was also good just to see a lot of other folks out there building new technologies to help help farming and make, make growers' lives a little easier, more consistent.
0: Great. So I'll I'll, just,
1: I'll tell you a little bit about my background. I, my background was really a lot more deep tech, um, computer vision, um, object detection, you know, robotics, that kind of stuff. And so when you and I started, um, hanging out and trying to figure out what we could do to make growers, uh, lives more consistent and how to automate things on the farm, and so that was really where we started. So for folks that don't know, what we, what we build is an automated weed control system that uses computer vision and very high-powered lasers to kill weeds in fields um, in uh, mostly specialty crops. So things like lettuces, onions, broccoli, cauliflower, um, you know, spinaches, um, that kind of thing. And so, um, and you can find us on carbonrobotics.com, and we're on social media. Although we're not as, uh, you know, we're not as, we're not the social media phenoms that you are, Shay, (laughs) but but we try. So we, yeah. So so I think um, we can talk about robotics a little bit, just generally. So one of the interesting trends is that as labor across all industries is becoming more scarce, and. We and there's a lot of just sort of repetitive work that goes on in the world Um, in agriculture, but, you know, in all these other areas, um, we see a lot of warehousing, robotics, um, things of that nature. Um, And and the general theme here is um, repetitive, boring tasks that are bad for people to be doing. You know, standing out in a hot field all day, leaning over and pulling weeds is not really great for the mind or body. Right. Um, so, you know, building machines to do that, to do that work.
0: And so, uh, yeah, good. How, how did you go from the deep tech, like you were just talking mm-hmm. about, software and what is it that pushed you? to, to doing something in agriculture? Like what was it, what was that light bulb moment or, or the change in your career or that, that opportunity, or what was it in your life that said, Hey, I want to do something different. That's not software. And, and, and what did you want your impact to be? Like how that was a different, it was kind of a paradigm shift or at least a mentality shift on your side. And I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. some like motivating or factor or some circumstance that got you there.
1: Yeah, we had been doing work with um, self-driving cars at, uh, at Uber um, and a lot of the sort of real world implications around that were were pretty interesting, pretty pretty fascinating. Um, but the th- And so I, I was always excited and interested in robotics doing things in the real world. And uh, when I got done there, I really kind of had a moment where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And there's certainly a lot of other things in software you know, there's a million apps, etc., But none of that is as important as uh, some of the more fundamental aspects of, of humans trying to live together. I think growing food is one of the most important things. So that was kind of where it started, you know, thinking about what's really important in, in life, what's an important aspirational goal. Um, and so growing food was sort of where we started. And then kind of along the way, there's these aspects to, um, you know, vegetable, nutrient content and general human health. What's good for farmers? What's good for people eating eating and buying food and things like that? Um, I think some of the initial motivation was learning about the long term health effects from some of these herbicides that have um, that happened to the farmers over a lifetime of being exposed to some of these chemicals. And I know that there's a lot of safety protocols, but there's also a lot of stuff that just kind of happens um, in the real world.
0: Okay, repeated exposure is still risky regardless. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that really, that really kind of scared me. Just thinking about what happens to people over time, uh, you know, as you're, as you're just trying to make a living. And I know farming is very, very difficult. Um, and, and, and part of that, um, Part of that risk factor having to come into your daily life to just get produce to market you know so we wanted to figure out if there's a way we could do things where there wasn't um, so much risk around it and what we and after learning a lot more about what happens to vegetable nutrient content over time with these, uh, with a lot of these herbicides, and I know you guys are, I know you, you folks are conventional, so, um, and I know that's an, that's an important aspect to you being able to get produce to market. So I, I do understand that. Um, what we're trying to do is see if there's a way we can do, give that same scale, that same kind of economy, but without having to use all of these, all of these herbicides. And so, um, that's kind of where all this stuff started though. And, uh, you know, I know for me personally, I had some health issues earlier on in life that were autoimmune related. So that was kind of a personal motivator for me.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, I know we... We, we, we take for granted sometimes some of the things that we have to be exposed to. I mean, like even, even, uh, you know, exhaust fumes from cars, for example. I mean, it's just like a necessary part of being humans in the world today. And and, then sometimes it prevents us from making those improvements or recognizing the need to make those improvements. So yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. I, I, when we first started, uh, talking, uh, you know, about what to apply or, or, or how to approach, um, this problem, I have to say that, that. Paul brought up the idea of, of lasers for the weeding. Like we knew that weeding was a problem. We knew it was something that needed to be addressed, but, um, lasers was just like, I, I, it was like science fiction in my head, you know, and these guys are like, no, we can, you're like, no, we can do this. We can do this. And I'm like, okay, I got, let me see it. Right. And, and here you are, you know, just last week at the ag show or, or in the real world in the fields all over the country. And you can like go to, go to the website. I mean, I encourage you to go, go check out the website and watch this thing go through the field and zap these weeds it's it's unbelievable what it does but it just didn't even seem like possible when we first started talking from my perspective yeah that's
1: it it was pretty amazing you know i I do remember that because we were we knew we could do the computer vision we knew we could do the weed detection um the rest of the question was how do we how do we kill these weeds we tried a number of different things um mechanical solutions are you know there's sort of it it might be the first thing that pops to mind um the issue i had with a mechanical solution was really that then you have blades that have to go into the ground which need to be calibrated and they get bumped around and they wear over time and they you know they hit rocks and get knocked out of calibration etc um what we've learned since then is that um mechanical weed control also has a lot of cause causes a lot of damage to the soil health over time. Um, It makes the topsoil too loose and light. It reduces um, water absorption. It increases water runoff. It increases... uh, Erosion. uh, It increases... Yeah, erosion, right? Because you've got this light, fluffy topsoil now all the time. It also... Um, what we've learned from some of the leafy green growers is that if you're there, there's microbacteria in the soil whose job it is to affix nutrients and nitrogen. And if you keep spinning up that topsoil, then you're also knocking uh, that bacteria up into the air and that will get onto the leaves of your plants.
0: So you've actually learned stuff like uh, about that stuff probably along the way that you didn't consider, right? At getting feeding. These are things, first. yeah. I just want to speak yeah, like, no idea. to the basics. For there for are those that are on here that, that don't understand the processes in weeding. So there's there's really, two or three different ways to approach it. So when Paul's talking about mechanical, there's, there's cultivation, there's even like robotic cultivators in today's world that, that will open and close around a weed or they'll, they'll adjust and I'm sorry, they'll adjust out of the way to not take the plant out and take just the weed out. But it's, it's like taking a, a, a hoe and dragging it across the entire surface of the soil. So you break everything up. So that can be done with a machine or a cultivator. Um, Or it can be done, you know, really with humans by hand in the field, which is probably the most uh, the common number one approach uh, is is weeding by hand. And then the third methodology is the application of. Of selective herbicides, herbicides that you can spray on the crop that won't kill, you know, an onion, for example, but will kill a weed. And you have to be really careful when you apply that herbicide for a multitude of reasons. One is if the onion is too large or too small, you'll, you'll damage it or kill it. Um, and, and number five, really the next part of the piece of that number two is the, if you're damaging it and not killing it, you're still reducing your yield. When people are in the fields, you kind of have the same thing. You have fatigue to deal with, you have, you know, exposure to sunlight and other things like that when they're in the field. And so this, this, uh, this, this robot, uh, this laser weeder is really kind of taking, it's a trifecta of advantages. You reduce the labor, you reduce the, the you know, the, the, you could call it the erosion of the soil, but the, the damage to the top, the top soil. Um, but number three, you're, you're, uh, did I still, I start with labor and then you go back to labor. So you got uh, reduction in herbicide, increase in yields, um, reduction in soil disturbance, and uh and uh the reduction in labor yeah so sure. it kind of uh, impacts all three um yeah with one yeah solution. And if you've
1: ever seen we liked we, we you know and and we saw we've seen this multiple times the onions were really um instructive for us because it's so visual what happens when you spray your onion field all the onions tip over um and this is uh, um this is indicative of some of the damage those herbicides are doing, and it also makes less quality produce at the end of the day compared to something that's laser laser weeded, and then you know none of that, there is no that damage. So, and I remember standing. So we so that was why we were kind of not really excited about mechanical, and we hit upon this idea of of lasers because. Remote energy delivery seemed pretty pretty straightforward, and you do that with a laser. But I remember standing in your your field, remember we had that box we called vertical cart, and it was just a thing on four wheels with a giant laser mounted inside of it, and it had two servo motors so we could control it. And it was uh, me and John and you, and I think your cousin Chase was out there, and we, the first time we shot a weed. So we still have that video from all those years ago, the first weed uh, the first weed in a field ever shot was out there at, at airfield um it was pretty interesting I, I uh we learned a lot also because you know the the uh, doing work in real ground has all these other side effects uh, there's a lot of wind and sand and stuff blowing around or that that season i think you it lost part of that field yeah so making sure that we could work in those conditions was really uh, was really kind of kind of cool and you know dumping heat energy into a plant living in the ground most of that heat is going to get dissipated really fast because you have kind of the entire earth to absorb it so you have to be really targeted with how you apply your laser to have any effect and so a lot of the work we've been doing is over the years is to make sure that we can be extremely targeted and get that right that laser energy right to where it needs to be Um, because you're not going to get a lot of you know, blast effect from any kind of secondary exposure. So you really have to be targeted um, in order to kill the weeds. The good side about that, it means you're not going to accidentally damage your crops, Um, but it does mean you have to build really, really high performance equipment to make this stuff work accurately.
0: So from the hardware standpoint, what's the single biggest lesson that you can share? The single biggest lesson that you learned yeah. Real world, because I think especially coming from I mean, I, I guess self-driving cars, you were dealing with the real world. That was you sure. know, that that certainly you've got tons of outside variables. But when you brought this robot from the lab and then you did the original version and yeah. then went to, you know, first pro, full prototype, what it, or, yeah. or even to now, what's the biggest single lesson yeah. that was learned?
1: Um, You know, I think one of your other cousins told us one time, he said, if you think it's tough, if you think it's tough enough, you need to double it. (laughs) And I think that's definitely right. Um, Everything we thought would break broke and a bunch of other stuff happened that we didn't even anticipate. Um, So. You know, we, I think, knew this from the beginning that field time was one of the most important things. You have to get your machines out there into the field. I've certainly seen a lot of other robotics companies in other spaces, you know, agriculture, but other places. That It's really tempting to kind of sit in your lab and keep building stuff, but you need to get it out into the real world early and often to see what's going to happen. So
0: that was going to lead me to my next question. Like, so what do you think... What do you think it is? As you because you're, you're probably this machine is one of the newest to market, but it yeah. also has an incredible following and a lot of interest and intrigue behind it. And, number, and part of that is, frankly, I think the lasers, right? It's just cool sounding and it's sure. cool what yeah. it's doing. But what is it that that Carbon Robotics has done right to mm-hmm. give it that leap ahead of people that maybe have been in the space for several years?
1: Yeah, I think we have the best computer vision people, in the country, certainly, um, and that was where we started—was getting the computer vision to be really top-notch. I, I've seen the videos of, of a lot of the other automated weed control systems, but also you know crop identification systems, and I, I, I know what I know the kind of um, computer vision they're using, and it's not anywhere near as sophisticated as what we're doing. Um, so that's a big difference—is that we've focused on having the best computer vision uh, and it really is cutting edge um, it's it's a lot of deep learning neural nets and it's a lot of our own uh, computer scientists building building these things to be specialized for this use case i think everybody else has taken it uh a, a, an off-the-shelf we call it an off-the-shelf model but basically somebody else's code and retrained it for Crops and weeds, and we've actually, we've built something custom specifically for this purpose. Um, so that's a big difference. Being from Seattle is actually great because we have access to those kinds of software engineers, but we also have. A huge legacy of aerospace in the Pacific Northwest and so we have access to some of the best mechanical engineers and electrical engineers also and so um, John who you remember um, the first employee of the company um, came from aerospace robotics automation and his hardware skills and ability to get out into the field and and build stuff tough I think was a great a great way to start also so i guess what i'm coming to is you need to have really great software and hardware you can't just have one one aspect and you need to you need to get those things out into the field and let them experience the real world we've had things like rodents climbing up into the robots in the middle of the night and chewing out wires you know we didn't we didn't know how how skinny they could make their little rodent bodies to (laughs) climb into stuff um all kind you know all kinds of crazy stuff um lightning in the field you, know, you got a robot out in the middle of the field and you see us big you see a big storm coming and you got lightning off in the distance. Um, we talked about wind and sand uh, water gets in everywhere it can get in and it causes damage to, to any you know all these sensitive electronics. Um, heat was a big issue so most if you look at our machines most of that energy and size is to keep things cool inside We need to keep the lasers cool we need to keep the computers cool. Um, you may remember this. Uh, it was when we brought our our first um, self-driving robot out to your farm. It was uh, the one that we called CD, but it was um the skid steer version that we don't we don't do anymore, but it was electric drive skid steer. It was more of a prototype. And it was the f- first multi-laser one we had out there, but um, we were really worried about keeping things cool. So we had all these chillers and everything on the robot. And what we weren't really thinking about was in the middle of the night, it gets freezing temperatures out there. So, you know, yeah. So we were worried about, oh, what are we going to do when it gets to 100F? You know, what we didn't think about was in the middle of the night, it gets down to, you know, 28 or 22, right? And so we uh, had all this focus on cooling. And what wound up happening was the lasers froze in the middle of the night. And because they're filled with liquid, that freezing water expanded and bursted all the laser tubes. So then we figured out, oh okay, we need to lower the f- freezing temperature. We, uh, we figured out how to use different different techniques to use um, food safe, but still um, uh, lower the freezing temperature um, uh, additives to our water so that they don't freeze. At, at, I think we're, I think we're good down down to 10f at this point. And those are like just
0: real world experiences that you you hadn't, if you hadn't taken the effort to put them in the field, you, you just wouldn't have learned those things.
1: We would not have learned those things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's been, you know, we learned a bunch of stuff, and uh, I, I certainly appreciate uh, you and your farm and your family letting us do all that stuff, and all the other growers that have been so helpful to us. A, bu- a bunch of folks have just let us come out there and work through things and uh, to get stuff working. I think one of the things that people like about us is when we when we come out and, and work on stuff. If there's if there's an issue, the whole team participates in helping it helping to figure out what's going on and, and we really tackle stuff head on. And one of the things that's important to our company is we, um, we always want to do what we say we're going to do. That's an important part of carbon robotics. So we try to take that stuff very seriously.
0: Yeah. I think, and, and, and farmers kind of expect that, I think. So in closing, yeah. Paul, what's the, what's, cause it's, it, it intrigued me when we first started talking, you hadn't had a lot of expo- exposure to farmers or to agriculture. Um, I always like to hear, or hear you talk about, you know, what was the most surprising thing or unexpected mm-hmm. thing uh, of it, the most unexpected or the thing that you learned about farmers mm-hmm. that you didn't expect to? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I So farmers are incredibly innovative. I didn't realize this. I thought that there would be some concern about, you know, new, like new fangled tech. But there was it was really more um, welcoming and, um, you know, let's try it. And, uh, you know, it's high expectations for success, but still uh, open to trying things. And I was really excited by seeing that. In fact, um, in a lot of ways, I think um, farmers are more innovative than, than folks in many other industries that you might think are innovative. Um, part of this is because, you know, most of these farms are multi-generational family owned. And so they can make decisions about stuff without having to go to, you know, up 14 layers of management or whatever. Um, yeah, so I learned that. And I think there's stuff that goes the other way. Also, I think um, farmers um, have certain expectations around engineers that um, that are probably not always correct. You know? And so uh, one of the things that I really like to see is as more investment from venture capital goes into egg tech, um, you know, agriculture technology. I think we'll be able to bring these worlds together a lot more and get some great stuff done.
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly there's been a ton of investment, um, recently, especially in the last few years, uh, from, from venture capital into the yeah. ag space in a way that I don't remember ever seeing happening. And having just come back from the Tulare Ag show, yeah. I mean, you, you could see where that investment's happening, um, you know, a, across the board and there's, there's lots of excitement. Um, you know, in the impact that people can have uh, in agriculture in general, uh, Paul, is there anything you'd like to add or, or or put in for you know as we close?
1: Nope, not not. I got nothing else really. I, I think we covered a lot. Um, you know, please come see us at carbonrobotics.com. We have a bunch of videos up there on the on the internet. And uh, if you want to, we sell, you know, we sell robots. So if you want to buy a robot, get in touch with us Um, and uh, please check out our videos. And thanks to you and your uh, farm and your family, Shay, for helping us out all this all these years.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really fun to be involved from the, you know, from the the back of the napkin moment, you know, Mm -hmm. all the way to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the World Ag uh, show in Tulare and seeing that booth there and all the people crowding, you know, to, to get a glimpse at something. So innovative and so, you know, futuristic, something we've all kind of talked about and dreamt about. And, uh, you know, just it's it's something, again, totally unexpected and it seems so futuristic, but it's here. Uh, so those that want to go uh, check out uh, Paul and Carbon Robotics can find them on LinkedIn and, and on the Web. Uh, if you've liked what you've seen here today, you know what to do. Give it a like and a comment and uh, subscribe if you want to keep coming along and keep learning with us. We wanna have you here, we'll see ya.